Hello everyone, welcome back for another exciting visit to the Awesome Village. My name is Greg and joining me is... John. Ryan. And Glenn, Glenn is remote. Glenn. We have Glenn, Glenn. Uh, Glenn on, on via FaceTime. So we're trying this out here since uh, Glenn is still under the quarantine. Uh, we have him yeah. on FaceTime with the microphone next to my iPad's uh, speaker. And we tested this out and it sounded okay the other day. So we're, uh, we're glad to bring a, a remote Glenn here. Yeah. Yep. I, I I'm here. Party on, dude. <laughs> Party on, Garth. Um. <laughs> so we are continuing our tradition of talking about food at the beginning of things, and uh, John brought up party nachos. Uh, but in discussion before the show, we kind of all stumbled upon the fact that uh, three of us have had a shared experience this past week in the form of a, a, a cheddar chalupa. Yeah. It's like toast toasted cheddar. It's like it's. I guess it's what it's. They put the shredded cheese on the outside and, and toast it, and it's just... It's, yeah. It's, it's crispy, crunchy, and delicious. It was delicious. I enjoyed it very much. It was very good. I had, I had one today. Uh, Uber Eats brought it to me. I did not break quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it before. I mean, it's okay. I mean, nowadays, whenever I try one of these little novelty things from Taco Bell, I just think, you know, just give me what I want. I don't want this special shit. I want my Mexican pizza. I want my taco salad. Bring back what I love. What I don't understand is the, fr- we've talked the about fries. It. Yeah, the fries. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Like, why would they get rid of certain things where they have all the ingredients? Yeah. What I don't understand is like, for instance, I really like the quesarito. Why is it that you can order it online only? You can order it online and go through the drive-through and say, "I made an online order," and they just give it to you. But you can't just go to the box and say, "How well, about that?" It's the same thing where you can only get the J Balvin meal. I was about to say I can only speculate because McDonald's does this thing where when they have the, the Travis Scott meal and the J Balvin meal, they started it at the restaurants, but then it only was at restaurants for a, a few weeks, and then it was only available online. So, well, you can only get the discount, right? So online. I don't know if it's some kind of where they're just trying to generate traffic through their apps or something. I have no idea. I don't know if I'm just really old, but who the hell is Jay Balvin? I don't know who that he's, is. Either. He's a, a, a okay. Latin American. So not just me. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, I know I who Travis Scott was, but I'm not impressed with his meal. I can tell you that much. I know it's, it's a just fucking it's a Big Mac <laughs> with a McFlurry yeah, and fries. At least Travis Scott's was unique. Like, at least he had a drink with his a specific Sprite and it included a barbecue sauce with no nuggets. So I thought that was kind of unique of his. So oh, yeah, yeah, I got the Travis Scott one. The Balvin was what, terrible. What would the the putty meal be? Ooh. But see, I don't like to to overindulge myself at McDonald's. I'm not, I'm it's not what I'm I'm asking if you were to create a a perfect like I'm gonna grab these items. Okay, so this is based on my uh, my my unwillingness to pay exorbitant amounts of money for food at the movie theaters. But I always found that two hamburgers fit very perfectly into your pockets when you went to the movies, and no one was none the wiser. So I feel like my meal would probably be. Uh, two hamburgers and a medium Coke because Coke tastes better at McDonald's than anywhere else on the planet. It does. I don't understand why. But, <laughs> but, but they actually... It's you're, you're, no. You're right. Yeah, no, they're right. not right, Glenn. Coke tastes the best when you've driven back from Baton Rouge uh, and you stop at the Shell station on, I want to say it was Airline Highway and uh, Clearview. I stand corrected. Is this, a, is this a drunken story of YouTube? No. So we went to I forgot what concert it was. It was some. Uh, it might have been Britney Spears or whatever. We went with your sister and Ashley Thompson, and they had to go back to Baton Rouge. So we agreed to follow them back to Baton Rouge, <clears throat> and we rode in your Mazda all the way to Baton Rouge to make sure they got it home okay. And then we drove all the way back, and we were both ex- extremely tired. And you had to get gas, so we stopped at that gas station. He said, just get a Coke or something. So we went and I got two Cokes. And when I came back in and we opened them, they were the best-tasting Cokes we've ever had. Because we were so thirsty. <laughs> but I feel like I remember the story. Were, like, they, were they glass bottle Cokes? No. They weren't? Okay, I thought I remember the story. They were, they were regular-ass 20 ounces. <laughs> I can't believe I drove all the way to Baton Rouge just to follow them home. We're good motherfucking people, Ryan. Seems a little we were. overprotective. Wow. We were yeah, asked. It was an event. It was an event. Whatever happened to the old coming when you get there, let me know you're okay. I, I, yeah, I feel like... Well, I don't know that... Maybe that was, was pre, you know... It could have been pre-cell phones. Could have been. Could have been. Pre-prevalent yeah. cell phones. So yeah, basically, let's, let's, phones, let's yeah. you know, we'll just rewrite what we said before, and it's... McDonald's has the best fountain Coke. Absolutely. Anyway. No question. Yeah, yes. What, what, would, what would the John uh, meal be at McDonald's? Um, it really kind of depends on what I'm in the mood for. I do... I, I always love a good chicken McNugget. And a lot of people, a lot of people agree with me, and a lot of people think it's gross. But I like a good fish fillet sandwich too. I agree. McDonald's. There's something about the fish fillet bun 
Yeah. It's, it's better than any it's other. It's a different type of burger. I don't get it. But I'll take that back. If I could bring back the McDLT, I would make yeah. that my burger. Yeah. <laughs> one, one thing that McDonald's is doing right now that I keep seeing the commercial, which is kind of genius, whenever I go to McDonald's, it's usually because my kid wants a Happy Meal. And then I get there, I'm like, okay, what the hell do I want? And I always have to debate. But right now, they have like all the, the favorite things. You order one, and then you can get a second one off the list yeah, for that. only a dollar. So, like, do I want the nuggets or do I want this? Just well, That reminds me of, of 29 cent hamburger days way oh, back in man. the day. Well, and then just be mindful that McDonald's has daily specials. Like, you know, they're like they're from a New Orleans based freaking restaurant where they have like fish sandwich on Fridays and yeah. like, the Big Mac is their Monday meal. It's like yeah. really cheap. So, if you happen to go and you don't really know what you want, check out what the daily special is. Glenn, what was it that used to do the, the cheap burgers that we used to get when we watched 24 and we called them the Bauer burgers? Was that Sonic? Sonic. It was like a certain night of the week, and they were like a quarter or something like that. We get a big bag of. We called them the Bauer Burgers because yeah. we get those in March twenty four. Well, that is America's drive-in. It is. Yeah. What would your McDonald's meal be, Glenn? I think I would have to go with a um, with um, how about a quarter pounder with cheese, no pickles, with the fries on the burger. I knew you were going to say that. That's, I've seen you do that so many times. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's awesome. <laughs> I, I yeah. You you win. That's, that's the one McDonald's will go with if they hear That is a good one. That's very good. Yeah. The other one that, I, again, it's, and it's, a, it's not often, but it's sometimes I'm in the mood for it, and a lot of people think it's roses. I do like a McRib every now and then. Once a year. Yeah. That's all I can handle. <laughs> with a rib-shaped patty? Yeah. It's, 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 it's shaped like it has bones in it, yeah. but it does not. That's no. the genius of it. <laughs> <laughs> Formed of it's like rib the, meat? It's like the riblets at Applebee's. You ever eaten those things? Yeah, it's like a little disc. Yeah. What what part of your body has this? <laughs> Not yeah, don't, don't ask questions. Don't ask questions about that. Not your ribs. <laughs> so uh, I'm about to get uh, you know chastised because I've only watched the first episode of this season of The Mandalorian, um, but some big events happened this this past week. So we're now in episode what four or three? Three. Three. All right. I refuse. To give to, it to your to blues? believe or accept that you could not find the time to watch it. I feel like whatever you got juggling in your life, you got to reprioritize your shit. Um, if I could explain to you my work week this past week, then okay. you would kind of understand. Have you slept more than two hours in the last two weeks? Because you should have given up some sleep to watch these two episodes. I mean, it's The Mandalorian. I gave I up a lot of sleep to work. That, that, that's wrong. That's what I'm saying. You've got to reprioritize your life. Work is not more important than Mandalorian. My, my priorities on Fridays is to get up to go to work and sneak opportunities to watch the Mandalorian while I'm at work. <laughs> you cannot see John's disapproval, but it is happening. I am, I am both nodding in approval and shaking my head in disapproval at the same time. It's a weird motion. Kind of it proves kind of, of my sentiment, but maybe not of my method. <laughs> but you need to figure out a way. Yeah. You need to find a way. That's, that's right. Because this is the way. The fact that I you should have watched it is true, but what he just said is stupid. <laughs> Everything <laughs> that guy just said is bullshit. That's I right. refuse to accept that in two weeks you couldn't have watched these two episodes. Well, you know. I mean, Disney Plus is on your phone. I mean, I guarantee you've spent 40 minutes in the bathroom throughout the week. <laughs> you could have. You, you could have. You, know, you could have watched it in, in three increments. That, Greg, can I just <laughs> I mean, I have a hard time arguing with uh, Guilty. See, now that you had better ideas of how you could get these, this show watched. I, I like love that it, it's like literally like, so it my thing is, I, I also like to watch something in its entirety. So I like to sit down with, in a chunk. I don't like to watch things piecemeal. So, you know, that's that's one of my the things. I have to find an opportunity to watch something the entirety. Well, you through. just had some Taco Bell, so you'll probably be on the toilet. And because you see, you don't, you're not burdened by having a fantasy football team anymore, which is probably good because whenever we're in the bathroom, we have to do what's called a stinker tinker and look at our team and double check that everything's okay. I mean, Ryan does that during the show. Yeah, because I got we, we record on Monday nights. I got to make sure my players are doing all right in the game. And you're ready for some football. Yeah, but um, I mean, I, I feel like your only justification, and it's pretty easy. You could have just said, "Oh, well, I have to watch it with Heather." Well, I mean, we do. But uh, I mean, this is the part where you lie to her. Where you just, you just. This is what you do. This, this, this is the. These are the little. I don't white lie lies. to her. These are the white lies you do when it comes. Greg, to Greg, I am going to call you out because you have told all of us before when we were in relationships about. Oh, I'm waiting to go see that with her. Why don't you just lie? You have said that to me and to Glenn and to Ryan in the past. You're, you're, you're not wrong. It's, I mean, it's a little easier. And we, and we did. We did right. not lie. But it's a little easier to do the TV show than with a movie. 
Because you could just pretend to be shocked when you see. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I had no idea that was going to happen with you're the good. child. You're, you're good with, with uh, you know acting and stuff. I feel like you could pull it off. <laughs> Heather would have never been words to wise. I, I still remember. I, just, I don't know. She has this way of looking at you and going. Well, you fucking well, watched it, didn't well, you? Well, yeah, all women kind of have that, but I mean, I feel like you should risk it. And this is also me well, wanting the the drama that we can talk about next we, week. We well, the Mandalorian spoilers are so prevalent out there. You could just like, oh, you know, that got spoiled for me on Twitter. Well, we watched uh, Take Me Home tonight, the other night. and uh, Topher Grace? Topher Grace. Oh, yeah. And she, like, the, the thing where, like, like Teresa Palmer saying, like, you know, I can always tell when you're looking at my boobs and whatnot. And you know, it's like go ahead. Try. She, she like would call it every time he was looking. That's kind of how she is. Like she can just kind of look at you and go, "You're, you're fucking lying, aren't you?" Well, so that, that's a that's a, a trait most women I think have when with their boyfriends. Yeah. So so um, what I got out of this story was you picked "Take Me Home Tonight" over Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the man has a point there. Oh. Yeah, and you'd already seen that movie. <laughs> Glenn, you're dominating this podcast, man. Well, man, really, like I, I, I can't really argue with that. It was a situation where we had cooked, uh, we cooked dinner, and we were trying to find something to to watch before we went to bed. And we we're only intending to watch like you know a few minutes or something, and then it turned into us watching that, and it was something she was interested in. So we kind of you know we kept going with it. So now that we're done making fun of Gregory, we can actually talk about the show. Yeah, you should do that. Um, so I don't remember. Did we talk about the first two episodes last week? We briefly talked about Timothy Oliphant because he got nominated for Awesome Villager last week. Did we talk about Frog Lady? No, I don't think so. It was it was kind of like a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, I think we did mention it, and like, uh, I, felt like I don't think we talked about Frog Lady though. Yeah, so um, we're gonna we're not gonna get into spoilers, but the um, bitch. What do y'all think about the backlash against Baby Yoda or the child, or whatever, <laughs> about what he was doing? I mean, I think he redeemed himself in this last episode. I really didn't. Think People just have just made up. I didn't think he did anything wrong. To be honest with you. No, well, he, he didn't I mean, do anything wrong. He didn't know more than like any like toddler child, or whatever. Right. Yeah, you know. So if I'm to understand this, like I saw something about how he ate someone's eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I just said he's not a, a sentient peep person. It's like someone who's it's the. We're not gonna get into everything that happens in it, but it's this woman. She she gets she is a frog basically, mm-hmm. and she gets transport with the Mandalorian to go to this planet where her husband is, and she's got this big container full of her eggs because this is the last of her line, and she needs to get her eggs fertilized so that she can have children. And Baby Yoda keeps breaking into the thing and eating them like they're fucking pickled eggs. But he only I think ate two. So that, but they're unfertilized. Yeah, that was one of the arguments. This the, the Star the Disney. Well, I mean, I wasn't making like the abortion argument. I was just like this poor woman just wants to have some children and he won't stop eating them <laughs> just like this little motherfucker see, but I, and I'll, I'll say this though in Return of the Jedi Jabba eating frogs that were clearly screaming was done to make him look like he was a bad dude yeah it was more funny than anything else <laughs> well you're a but, but you're also a in Return of the Jedi the, the, the Ewoks were about to eat our heroes that's yeah. correct I mean but they also celebrated the love yub yub well, I mean, right. this is this is more just for Glenn because he's going to find it funny. This is kind of off subject, but what we were just talking about, Return of the Jedi. Karen and I were looking at things, obviously, because Christmas is coming up. Stuff we're going to get, maybe get for our child, and we're not getting it. But they do make a ten-inch plush salacious chrome. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Karen's like, we can't have that. That's terrifying. I'm like, I, I found a, a lightsaber maker that they're pretty they're pricey, but they program into the hilt this whole board. And it will, depending on the sound profile you have, it'll change the color of the blade and the sounds that come out of it. Like they have an episode two one where it, it turns it blue and it's Anakin's hilt, but it turns it blue and every time you swing it, you hear Tusken Raiders dying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> I slaughtered them like animals. <laughs> <laughs> Sand. I hate sand. I thought it was kind of interesting the fact that we, we saw Tusken Raiders in a new light in the uh, yeah. season of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Never saw them actually portrayed as anything other than lunatic animals just causing problems. And you've also never heard them, like, they do that, the, the yell kind of thing. You never actually heard it being used in a conversation before. Right. I thought it was just, like, some uh, kind of, like, chance. They're like sand wookies. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and one thing about the, the season so far, we've had three episodes, and two of them featured um, significant actors from Deadwood. <laughs> so, yeah, right. yeah. 
And we finally have our... Is this our first ever uh, animated character from the animated series that appeared in live action? I don't character. Uh, well, no, the no, no, um, first one, I think, was probably Saw Guerrero in the real yes. one. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, th- this was... I mean, it's 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 kind of out there, but um, we got we got Bo Katan. Yeah. yeah, and we may have um, more coming. I mean, we definitely have more coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got a Tano coming. Well, it. But anyway, yeah. So we got uh, Katie Sackhoff reprising her her role as Bo Katan. The um. What was was it another female wrestler? Was the other one Sasha Banks? Sasha Banks, and I don't know who the guy was. Yeah, I want to say he agents of Shield. Okay, but um, and we have Oliver, cast member. Um, but, um, I love this episode, but I will put an asterisk next to it. And if you are a fan of Clone Wars and Rebels, this might be one of the best episodes ever. If you're not a fan of those animated shows. It's still cool, but I don't think you're gonna go as nuts as Yeah, you're not gonna care as much. Yeah, I this. saw a meme that had uh it had Obi Wan with that confused look when the uh the uh the cloners are telling him about the army and it just says like yeah. confused look and then the other side of the meme was Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood pointing at the screen and it said <laughs> yeah. one side was fans of Clone Wars watching the new uh, episode of Mandalorian and then the other side people who haven't seen Clone Wars watching Mandalorian. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I saw a very similar meme and it was John Boyega. One of them was him with that little grin over his face from uh, Force Awakens when they ask a factor and he's like, yeah. and then next to it is him going, woo! <laughs> from... Uh, from one of his woos from the movie. One one of his woos. The same thing. Yeah. Like yeah. Jada Pinkett. <laughs> a lot of good woos. Woo. So I guess the moral of the story is don't be like Greg and watch The Mandalorian. Yeah. Yes, that's that's the end of the, the thing. That's In fact, the name of the episode shall be Don't Be Like Greg. Well, I think the title of the episode was The Heiress. But um, and it was only about a half hour, maybe 40 minutes, and it was amazing. I, I just I thought it was just like a SEAL team six or something and <laughs> yeah. Titus Welliver was cool in it right and yeah we had a lot of there were a lot of easter eggs in this episode yep. for fans of the, the live at, the, the animated stuff and the live action so. mm-hmm. well definitely the Mandalorian will not be Disney's undoing but <laughs> let's talk about the undoing from see what HBO you did Max. there buddy I try well, yeah, it's uh, I like that. HBO's newest uh, series. I think it's just a limited series. It is six episodes total. But I mean, who knows with, with HBO? Because uh, what was that? Big Little Lies. That was supposed to be just yeah. one little limited series, and it did so well. They did a second season, but um, it's with Nicole Kidman looking as radiant as ever, and uh, Hugh Grant. Um, they play a married couple. They're sort of the New York elitist crowd. Mm-hmm. He's a an, um, a doctor, a pediatric. Pediatric oncologist. Pediatric oncologist, and uh, she's a psychiatrist. So they're extremely wealthy, and um, you know their their kids go to this very upper class school. It's their son, who's the the kid from uh, from uh, a quiet place. Yeah, and um, so basically, it's just about that whole community and how things are sort of there's you you get shoved into that world and how things are going. And there's this one parent whose kid was there on a scholarship. So it's like you know it's the one. Thing that doesn't belong with all the rest and um as the episode progresses in the first one it's like some strange things are going on the woman seems to be kind of obsessed with nicole kidman to the point where you think maybe she's got some kind of romantic interest in her but uh the rest of this is going to be kind of hard to talk about without <laughs> spoiling anything because every episode a major revelation happens yeah so all you really can really to go into it, it it's going to involve uh, a death, a disappearance, and then a lot of questions as to what the hell is going on in this society of the elitists. And it it seems like it's boiling down to a whodunit. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm completely hooked. It's really really good. Um, Hugh Grant, I don't think he's been better. Like I've never seen him in a role like this, <laughs> where he's not playing you know romantic comedy Hugh Grant. Yeah. Um, and I've always liked him. I thought he's he's great in everything he does. Um, I feel he's also underrated. Like I think very much. 
uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Love Actually. I think he's always been really good. And I mean, like, like London, I talked about last week. I mean, The, the Gentleman was right. on again this weekend. I saw it again this weekend, and he's really good in that. Completely different kind of character than he's ever played. And what was the... What was the movie with Tom Hanks where it was like all the different versions of all the, the people? Um, oh, Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. I mean, oh, at one point he was like Cloud that. Atlas. He was like that cannibal. In yeah. It. I actually missed that one. Right. I heard it wasn't good. It's, it's all right. It's, it's, it's really it's, weird. It's, it's really strange. It's really strange. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it comes on HBO on Sundays. Um, there have been four episodes. The fourth one just came out this past yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I didn't see the fourth one yet. I have not yet either. I'll be watching it tonight. But uh, they come on Sunday nights, and you can catch it on HBO, HBO Max. Anytime a show comes on HBO, it's impossible to not find it. Yeah. This seems like one that's going to get a lot of Emmy love. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of Emmy love, I think The Crown might have a, a little bit of that going. I mean, like, you guys have watched it. I, I'm, I'm kind of at the point where I think I might wait till it ends and then binge it. But... Uh, not for lack of like wanting to. This the show like seems like it's got a great following, and it seems like it's an interesting way of doing it. I mean, I love the crumb, but if you watch that before the Mandalorian, I'll beat your ass. Challenge oh. accepted. <laughs> this is weird because I do tend to like start shows, and I, I can lose interest even if it's good. There's that uh, Christina Applegate show on Netflix, which I started watching, and it was good. Dead to me. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh, dead, dead to me. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's dead it. to Netflix too. I think they have one season left, right? Uh, maybe. But I just kind of got away from it, and The Crown feels like it should be one of those shows for me, because it's just about the, the royal family, but I can't get enough of this show. It's, Is it like Mad Men? Yeah. It, yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, but I know y'all always say, you know, well, it's hard to explain why Mad Men is so good, because nothing really happens. Well, things do happen in The Crown, and uh, things that, when like it happens, I'm like, I didn't know this really occurred. And the season premiere of this season four is another one of those times where it it gets real and it's real tense. Yeah. Involving the IRA getting involved. It's like it's a, there's a political assassination in it, which I did not know happened. An independent yeah. retirement account. Yes. And uh, it's a Roth, a Roth one too. Oh. We, we finally have gotten introduced to Princess Di. Yeah. And she looks like I'm an amazing the the Crown people whoever's in charge of casting for that show. Yeah. They need to be put in the Hall of Fame because. I was worried after the first two seasons them recasting the whole show, and they've done an amazing job. And this girl they picked for Die is just yeah. Perfect. And I mean, she's only the character. Her character is only supposed to be eighteen at this point, and Charles has just met her in, at this point. Um, but next season, it's going to be Elizabeth Debicki. How big are Charles's ears? They do a great job with that. Actually, they're not they're not huge, but it's it's you, it's noticeable to where you you could tell. Yeah, he's got big ears, but it's not like overly done. Yeah. Far out, man. The show is, is incredible. And everybody is going to. I mean, Charles Dance is re- was really good in it this season. And uh, we got uh, Jillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher, which yeah. is really weird. Yeah, when I first heard about that, in I a was good like, way. how are you going to make someone as beautiful as her look like Margaret Thatcher? Because, like Glenn was saying earlier, he was just, you know, quoting Austin Powers, you know, Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day. <laughs> and Margaret Thatcher had a very strange kind of deep voice yes. as well. And when you look at Jillian Anderson, somehow that looks she looks like Margaret Thatcher, and then she opens her mouth and that voice comes out. It looks like it shouldn't be coming out of Jillian Anderson's mouth. Some incredible yeah. acting by her. Yeah, she's. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I watched it, and it, it. A lot of times when you watch actors play historical figures, you're like, oh, that's so and so playing. But like, it reminded me a little bit of when. Um, with Lincoln, it was like that. That didn't. I wasn't watching that thinking of Daniel Day Lewis because he just looked and sounded and everything just embodied Lincoln. Same thing with Jillian Anderson and Margaret Thatcher. She's just totally like that. That character. Yeah. Very very impressive. Yeah. Uh, Margaret Thatcher was the the inspiration for Viva Vendetta. Really? Just a, a side note. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. Well, because at the time, Alan Moore was very afraid of her very conservative slant on things, and there was a lot of uh, there was like a, a lot of anti-gay sentiment. And so, like the, the John Hurt character, yeah, the John Hurt character is inspired was, by her. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, learn something every day. Inspired by her naked on a cold day, um, <laughs> Motherless Brooklyn. Yeah, I watched Motherless Brooklyn, which is a movie that came out last year, I think, um, written by, directed by, and starring Edward Norton. Um, I, record, I was interested in it. I recorded it on my DVR months ago. And, uh... 
My wife and uh, and and, uh, and daughter went out of town Saturday evening. They went. She went to go see her sister in Baton Rouge. So I was kind of left left home alone, and I was like, "Oh, let me f- try to find something to watch here." And I had that recorded, so I watched that. Um, Edward Norton plays a private eye. This is probably in the fifties, I would think, um, maybe the sixties. Um, and he's a private eye who's very very intelligent, but he's got Tourette syndrome, and he just keeps blurting out crazy things all the time. And has to keep explaining why he's got this, you know, condition to people. And that did get a little bit repetitive after a while. It's a, it was a decent movie. I mean, if it's on HBO, I'd say yeah, you can give it a watch. But Bruce Willis is in it. Alec Baldwin's in it. It's a lot of uh, scenery chewing, as they like to say. They just kind of overperformed some of them. Edward Norton was good, but uh, it was just kind of forgettable, I guess. It wasn't a bad movie, but nothing, uh, nothing I'd write home about. I'd probably give it a six. So it was no keeping the faith. Well, no. Well, what is? <laughs> um, however, the witches. Yeah, we actually this. I watched this a while back, and I kind of forgot to mention it when we um we uh I had downloaded the witches, the new version of it with Anne Hathaway and um, Octavia Spencer. It's on HBO Max, and I downloaded it on my iPad right before uh, the hurricane knocked out our power. So Karen and I sat there, you know, one evening just with the iPad and and watched uh, the witches. And it's uh it's pretty good. I I really enjoyed the other one when I was when I was little with Angelica Houston. I just thought she was so good and is the Grand High Witch. This one is a little bit more over the top, I guess you can say, and probably not as good as the original one. But it was it was good. It was it's got a new setting. The other one, I believe it was in I don't remember whether it was in England or where it was set. Um, but this one is set in in uh, Alabama, and it's like a yeah. And, I, and are there shit pies that are made in it? No, there are no shit pies in it. But uh, it was uh, it was good. Anne Hathaway looked like she was having a really good time and just playing this outrageous character of the Grand High Witch. And there's, a, of course, a lot more CGI in this one than there was in the in the other one. But uh, Stanley Tucci's in it. Octavia Spencer is good as always. Um, but yeah, that's on HBO Max. So I was curious about it, but I never saw the original one, so I was like, I don't feel like... Really the original one, I feel like it's a classic to me, just because I saw it so many times when I was a kid. But now I don't really know how well. If you've never seen it before, I don't know how much it would be dated. Yeah. Kind of like Willy Wonka, like you know, like growing up with that. Yeah, I didn't see, and that that may be why I'm not the biggest fan of Willy right. Wonka because I didn't see it as a kid. The snozberries taste like snozberries. Yeah, that's all you Good need to know. Good day. <laughs> so, but but yeah, speaking of HBO Max though. Um, I myself have been very disappointed with HBO Max, not because it has not been a good app. It's got a got some good quality content on it, and uh, I like the app on my iPad. But it, they did not reach a deal with Amazon and Roku before they launched. So up until this point, it has been unavailable if you have Amazon Fire TV or Roku or anything like that. And we finally got a word that it is going to be available tomorrow. We're recording on Monday, so tomorrow, Tuesday the seventeenth, it will finally be available. For, on Amazon Fire TV. I don't think they reached a deal with Roku yet, so I don't think it's going to be available on Roku. I didn't see anything mentioned about it. You don't have a gaming it. system? Uh, I got an Xbox 360. Oh. But, I mean, oh, it's, that would be it may be on there, but it's, it's set up in my... Yeah. If I get an Xbox uh, Series X, maybe I, I, I need something to do with my Xbox One. Wow. I'll, I'll let you know. All right. Let me know. Do you think it was a mistake for them to launch without the two those two streaming yeah, things? Yeah, I do. I mean, I remember us talking about it when it first came out and how it was not like really ready for prime time. So well, I think we also didn't know what it was going to be. Cause well, I mean, there wasn't a lot of content is, is the thing. But like, it's it's kind of hard to come out of the gate screaming too when you're only available in certain... But the thing that upset me the most with it is not just that it came out of the gate and couldn't have that. It's I had always, because I'm an HBO subscriber, I always used HBO Go mm-hmm. on everything. And then that came out and said, oh... HBO Go is now gone, so you don't have that on your Fire TV anymore, and this app is also not available. So it's like, I'm a subscriber to HBO, and they basically took away the way that I normally watch HBO. And, and originally it was supposed to be, we're keeping HBO now, and HBO Go, and then HBO Max will be its own thing. And, then and it was that's like, why I didn't nah. think we were confused. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, they don't need HBO Go, but I agree. That and, <clears throat> and last week I actually started watching, um, I've, I've seen it before, but last week was Veterans Day. And uh, I saw a bunch of people talking about, you know, favorite, you know, war movies and stuff like that. And people talking about Band of Brothers. And yeah. I was like, I, I haven't seen that in a few years. So nice. I started, it was, it was running. <laughs> so I, uh, I started watching Band of Brothers on my computer at work because we were kind of dead that afternoon. And um, 
then this weekend, like I said, my wife went out of town, and I was like, this would be the perfect day for me to just hang out at home and get stuff done and watch Band of Brothers all day. And I couldn't because I didn't have HBO Max. On I my, still have never been able to get TV. through that, that series without crying twice. Better than laughing at Chris Klein dying. No, that, that's appropriate. But I always... I, I love the way they directed that scene when they discovered the, the concentration camp. Yeah. You don't really know what they're looking at for the longest time. And remember, like, that whole scene, they were, like, they were looking for possible Nazis in the outer skirts. So, like, there was a lot of tension yeah. when they were searching the forest. So when they walk up, you're like, what the hell are they encountering? And, yeah, it was a... Uh, it's really good, and the end always gets me when they go through what everybody. Did. Yeah, and the the part that's that's the extra heartbreaking with the concentration camp thing is, and I mean, I knew I remember this is kind of what happened. The soldiers found these people, and they wanted to hurry up and give them food. And the doctors like these people have not eaten anything. It's so like you can't just yeah, give them a bunch die. of food; they'll die. So they and it, and it was like they had to like have this food and then not give it to them, or just give them like a little bit. And it's and the doctors like they have, we have to keep them isolated, so they gotta we have to lock them back up. Yeah, so we can't have them wandering around in town or anything. So. Yeah, and that's just yeah, that's heartbreaking. That's a phenomenal series. It is. It is. You watched the Pacific this year, didn't you? I did, and it was good. It's not as good as Band of Brothers, as as Band of but Brothers, it's good. But uh, yeah, it was. It was good. That's right, Sledgehammer. What? Sledgehammer. Oh, Sledgehammer. <laughs> Rami Malek in that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Academy Award-winning Rami Malek. Um, the weekend at the Super Bowl. No, we're not going to the Super Bowl for a weekend. The weekend has been announced as the performer. I, I wholeheartedly endorse this. I love the weekend. Yeah, I love the weekend too. Everybody's man. working for it. I don't. Um, I mean, I typically like most of the. I've always said I like spectacle, I like big performances. I feel like he can do something like that. Which yeah. is why I was against Maroon Five. I love Maroon Five. They're just not Super Bowl worthy to me. I actually was kind of hoping they would pick Queen with Adam Lambert. <clears throat> I thought that would be a great halftime show. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. But uh, I mean, I, I'm fine with the weekend. Um, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a great show. It's gonna be a little weird though. Uh, you know, him doing it without. I don't know how they're gonna do the audience. They yet. said they they announced it. I can't remember what the number is, but it's gonna be something like fifteen percent capacity. It's gonna be very I know, low. I know about like in the game, but they usually let fans out on, on the field. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they're. Gonna, I doubt they will. Yeah, that's what's. It's gonna be a little different seeing it like that, but it should be cool. Maybe they'll have some of. You think? You think they'll put some of those cardboard fans on the field? I don't. I kind of hope they don't. I hate those things. It doesn't make me think there's really people there when they put them out. What I'm kind of wondering this year is too is I mean Super Bowl tickets are usually go. You can see them on online going for thousands and thousands. Now that it's 15 percent capacity, how much are those tickets going right? to go for? Well, that's one of the reasons. Like, it's not that necessarily that viewership is down in the NFL. It's that their revenue is down because of the ticket sales yeah. being down. But what are you going to do? So we uh, we actually promised. It's an interesting time. It is an interesting time. Uh, we did promise you guys last week a, uh, a feature this week on Sean Connery. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna interrupt this real quick because I just got a thing from Cheap Charts, which is a site Greg told me about, an app told me a long time ago, and I put on Band of Brothers for when it got cheap on there, and Band of Brothers just went on sale for fourteen ninety nine. No serious, so. Kind of pisses me off. I've had that box set for years. I think I had it right when it came out. It was like almost two hundred dollars. Yeah. Have you started doing digital collection? No. Okay. Well, that's for a digital collection of it. I don't know where yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's why I'm confused. Why you're you're pissed off about it? Well, because I have. Because he paid so much money yeah, for it when for he bought it. Blu-ray set. Yeah. Or there. Or was it? Yeah, it's Blu-ray. I think. I, you know, I'm not joking at all because it's coming up soon. Um, the best time is uh, around like after Black Friday. Um, go to Best Buy, and typically they have like box sets on sale for like sixty percent off. Mm-hmm. I w- I want to say. Last year or the year before, Sandra bought Band of Brothers and it was like twenty bucks. I got like oh, the Mel Brooks collection on Blu-ray for like twenty-three dollars. Yeah. Um, but uh, shall I want to explain the Connery? We're just gonna celebrate the man. We're gonna celebrate him. We're just gonna kind of talk about it. We're gonna go through his uh, filmography. We're not gonna really do like a win loss record, win loss record or anything like that. But I'm just gonna kind of start early on. Yeah, we'll celebrate his career. I heard he's a, a not a nice guy. Well, we talked about that, but yeah. yeah. So, um, so let's it's see. the man, the myth, the legend. Um, we we have a, a slight issue here too. While we're, you're looking at it, Glenn is reconnecting. He's buffering. Yeah, so it's kind of funny though because it looks like Glenn's like it's like a poster for a movie about Glenn. He'll be back. Oh, accept it or call back. Hey, call back. Call back. There we go. Facetime failed. Yeah, we're calling Glenn back. So there you go. go. Back in. Look at look at that majestic Ryan rising up over the seltzer bottle. 
husband is calling me from his mobile phone. Is he, is he ghosting us? <clears throat> it would seem that way. Not answer. Hey, I don't want to be on the podcast. What kind of shit is this? Glenjamin, we were we were calling you back on my iPad, so. Hanging up. Yeah, we're hang, we're hanging up now on you. All right. Oh, t- call, call, call back, back again. Uh, try this one more time. If he don't answer this time, he's out. He's off. He's off the podcast. He's off. He's off. <laughs> we, we give a slot to Ovi, whose birthday it is today. Oh, happy birthday, Ovi! Yes. Happy birthday, Ovi! I, him a birthday. I did too, actually. This is very tense, man. It is very tense. What is he not answering? I don't know. What's his deal? We're calling you. All right, I don't know what's going on. Why don't you pick up the phone? <clears throat> well, anyway, <coughs> we lost Glenn. <clears throat> I mean, you could tap it again. We'll have that in the background. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe he'll call us. <laughs> well, when he did, it didn't go. It didn't come up here. It was kind of weird. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll, we'll start the Connery. Yeah, let's start. I don't even remember his career before Bond. He had a few smaller roles, um, but one of the first things that I'm seeing on here that I, I saw and I remember from when I was a little kid was Darby O'Gill and the Little People. It was a Disney movie. I didn't sure. see any of that stuff. The, uh, the first, like, Goldfinger was the first thing I saw him in as far as, like, back in the 60s or whatever it was. I didn't even, couldn't tell you anything about his pre-Bond career. I'm trying to load it. Is your Wi-Fi down? That could have been part of the issue. It is. Uh-huh. That explains a lot. We're gonna uh, we're gonna uh, take a take a break here. So yeah, we're we're back. Uh, I just hit record again because. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Because yeah, we, we lost Glenn for a sec. Ryan's Wi-Fi apparently mysteriously went out. We're uh, thinking it was either either goblins or his ex-wife might have you know kicked it by accident on awesome. the way out. Um, the only thing we talked about was like um, that you missed Glenn was. I don't really know much about Connery's career pre-Bond. Darby O'Gill and the Little People. That's what I, that's I, exactly that was the first one that just came up. Yeah, it's a Disney uh, movie, and uh, he was kind about of leprechauns. he was the love interest of the uh, the main girl in it, um, and her father was Darby O'Gill, and he he was this little old guy in Ireland who saw a bunch of leprechauns, and everybody thought he was crazy. But sure enough, there were the little people were there, the, the leprechauns. So and that, what, is, what is your least? Favorite? And he was a and, and 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 way before that in '53 he was a contestant in Mr. Universe. He was. No shit. And he came in like like in the top five or something. I can't remember what number it was. Not was first. It? I think it was third. I think it was, it was third. third. Um, what what is your least favorite Connery Bond mm-hmm. movie? If you count it, never Don, say never again. But I don't, I don't most people don't that. count oh. that. Probably Diamonds Are Forever. I was going to say Diamonds Are Forever. I would say probably Diamonds Are Forever. He looked a little too old for that. Yeah. Because, like, everything before that I thought was just great. Yeah. You're going to say it. Right. And, I mean, it was kind of weird. I, mean, I kind of agree with Diamonds Are Forever. Like, how can you disagree with that? I that mean, movie you, was... You can do whatever you want. That should have been a Roger Moore film. Yeah. Uh, I don't see. know if it was quite that bad. They weren't quite forever. When Roger Moore took over, he turned it into a comedy series, basically. Roger Moore. Yeah, I mean, so we did Dr. No was his first one, and then From Russia with Love, which were both amazing. Excellent. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought From Russia with Love was better than Dr. No. One that I've actually <laughs> never seen you. is uh, Marnie, which is a, an, it's an Alfred Hitchcock movie, isn't it? Yes. It is. I think, is Tippi Hedren in that one? Yeah, Tippi Hedren and, and Sean yeah. Connery. I never did see that, but... Alfred Hitchcock's pretty good from what I hear. Yeah. Good yeah, thing. he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> and then Goldfinger, of course. Oh, that's my favorite. One of my favorite movies ever. I, I, I did see a funny little stat that a lot of people think that for most of the Bonds, their third movie is their, their, almost their best. Hmm. Because the third one for... What was The, the third one for... The world's not enough. Uh, I think that one might be the exception. Yeah. Because um, the, the 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 third the third well the third one for Connery was Goldfinger the third one for Roger Moore was um, the Spy Who Loved Me the third one for Daniel Craig was Skyfall. Mm. Casino Royale though is pretty fucking awesome. Except it's a boring movie. It's There's, a boring movie. It's a boring movie. Oh, about to There's say. no comedy in it yeah. at all. 
I uh, and we'll get. I mean, the, that's how Sir Ian Fleming kind of would have wanted it. Well, I mean, that may be true. I, I don't. I would disagree I with that. Casino Royale had uh, had some comedy in it. Like what? Well, there's a lot of really cool banter between him and Vesper. And the um, the the martini line was funny. The shaking or stirred. Does it look like I give it that? Casino Royale is a very complicated. I have complicated feelings about that movie because it's a great film, but they changed so much of that I was used and I mean, to. And I found the, the poker scene at the beginning of the movie where he's at the at that hotel mm-hmm. um, when he wins the guy's car, the Aston Martin or whatever. That was that's there's some humor in that. I thought. Right, I think you're wrong. And then um, the stuff, you're the not stuff used with to um, it. it's not there's it who's hurt. who's the guy that the the police guy that's that's with him um. Giancarlo, Giancarlo Giannini or whatever. A lot of his stuff was kind of funny. There's no point in that film any of y'all laugh out loud at anything going on in this. Well, of course not. I mean, honestly, I don't think I laughed at any of the Timothy Dalton stuff either. That, that, no, I think I, that I, was kind of the same thing. They, they went hardcore Ian Fleming assassin bond in those. Yeah. I think that was not the way to go. Well, the box office would disagree with you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, that already Anyway, Sean Connor. Yeah. So Thunderball. <laughs> the never ending <laughs> underwater <laughs> battle. <laughs> <laughs> it takes three years to watch Thunderball. It does. It's I'll, I will say I, I have appreciated Thunderball the older I've gotten. Just I don't know, it's just I like the um that was kind of an epic movie before they had big epic. Like yeah. Act. Better uh better bond song, Thunderball or Goldfinger? Goldfinger, definitely. I mean, but he strikes for, for only the like Thunderball. We need to get Sosa to sing both. Well, there was an alternate Thunderball. There was an alternate song to Thunderball called "Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang" that I think Shirley Bassey did. Oh, that's I don't ever heard about that. Yeah, I, I just I remember buying a um, an album back when I was in high school of all the theme songs, and they had one called "Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang," and it said Thunderball alternate version. Cool. Because I think that's a nightclub that he goes to in the the movie is Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So that's why. But they went with Tom Jones. So uh, that's after, unusual. After he was done with Bond, what, what else? Well, I mean, we didn't talk about You Only Live Twice. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's Sorry, great. They turned him into a Vulcan in that movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look what Japanese. He looks Vulcan. Uh, he, yeah, that's right. He looks like Spock. Yeah. And he likes Shymish vodka. That one had a really cool climax with all the ninjas invading the volcano, and I think that's the first one time we saw Blofeld's face. And and it's the movie that the Simpsons episode "You Only Move Twice" is based off of. Yeah. And Ryan, I'm gonna give my phone over to you because I'm going through. I don't know what a lot of these movies even are. You might know some of them, so scroll. Oh, this will be fun. Um, go no, go go the other way. The other way. The other yeah. way. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at. Those. There's a bunch of those in there. Like, he, I mean, he was in tons of stuff, and I haven't seen a lot of that stuff. Is that so the? He was in Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, she was in '74, but I don't remember. Yeah, I think clearly. I mean, these movies were all before we were born, and Robin and the Ma- and and the Merry Men. Is that what? It is? Well, wait. Um. Oh, the Great Train Robbery. I saw that. The Great Train Robbery. I watched that. Mister Beggs Club. So did I. Yeah, that, that was that was a good. It was movie. Donald Sutherland, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and uh, it was a Michael Crichton novel. Um, I'm trying to look for like Time Bandits. I never did see that. That's a Terry Gilliam thing. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> he played he played Robin Hood in 1976 and something called Robin and Marion. To me, just swiping through this, it looks like... Highlander. What is this sort of valiant, the legend of Sir Gowan and the Green Knight? That sounds interesting. It's a... It's a... King Arthur. King Arthur tale. Well, well, I kind of remember an interview with Sean Connery where he said one of the reasons he stopped doing Bond was he was so typecast, he couldn't get cast as anything other than Bond until they took a chance on him with Highlander. And that seems like that's the first notable film he did in 1986. It's a classic. As, uh, he's Ramirez. Right, as Ricky Bobby would say. He's, he, won, uh, he won the Academy Award. For best movie ever made. <laughs> he's a Spanishman by way, the way of Egypt. And interesting. I really liked him in Highlander. I did too. Yeah, that's a, it's a classic. I, I love the scene when they're running on the beach and he's like, this is the quickening. <laughs> And Duncan McLeod's in his little kilt, and he's, they all they jump into the ocean. It was great. And Queen like, playing. 
one year after the release of Highlander, he did The Untouchables. Yeah. Malone. Which brought him his only Oscar. <laughs> yeah. That's... Stone! <laughs> Stone! <laughs> I just... There, there are certain roles, roles in movies where the actor playing them, like, it seems like the guy just knows everything. And there's actually a scene in The Untouchables <laughs> where he's literally going around a room answering everything for every character. It's like, you're cold? Stop your feet. It's like everybody... Did you check it? Did you check, did it, you check it? Leave it alone. You're a good cop. Just like, <laughs> everything, it's like he just knows everything that's going on in the whole movie. It's pretty incredible. It's hard to speak with a gun in your mouth? <laughs> Enough of this running shit. Yeah, I know a lot of people, you know, some people don't like the movie because of its historical inaccuracies, but you can't dispute his performance in it. Yeah. And then... Uh, wasn't that um, the, the big uh, conversation in uh, Train Spotting where they said it was a, a sympathy vote because of <laughs> he had been snubbed for so long? I mean, it very well may have been, but it, it, I can't say he wasn't worthy. But I just love how the, in the end of that movie, how you know they just tell the judge whatever, and the judge just switches out the jury. So like, you, can't, you can't do that. That's, you can't that, do that. That's a huge process, picking that jury. Maybe, well, that, maybe the Chicago way. Yeah. yeah. So, uh... He did a couple films in between The Untouchables and uh, a film that's very near and dear to all our hearts, Indiana Jones. Oh, wait, wait, Jones. we can't just skip over the Presidia. <laughs> I, think, I think we just did. I think we can. Yeah. Not common? I think we're going to skip over <laughs> anything with Mark Harmon. <laughs> we'll talk about him when NCIS is canceled. We'll, we'll go back and celebrate yeah. his career. In 20 more years. <laughs> Indiana Jones and Alaska Jane. <laughs> I've never seen that. Professor Henry Jones, Shane Yeah. What about the boat? Sun, the floor's <laughs> on fire, the and the chair. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got some amazing. He should have won an Oscar for that role. <laughs> I just think it's funny that the whole thing's kind of an Easter egg because Steven Spielberg wanted to direct a James Bond movie, and when he talked to his buddy George Lucas, he's like, "Well, I have this script here." That's kind of like an Americanized version. And when he heard about the character of Indiana Jones, he liked that better. So when they were trying to think of Indy's dad, they're like, well, we got to get James Bond. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect casting. And him and Harrison Ford had amazing chemistry together. He had amazing chemistry with uh, Marcus Brody. He had amazing Denimelia, chemistry yeah. with all of them. Marcus? You didn't drive Paul Marcus <laughs> along, did you? <laughs> it tells me goose-stepping morons like yourself. So that same year he did Family Business, which I never saw. I heard it got bad reviews. That's a, is that a, that's a mob thing, right? Yeah. With uh, he played Jesse. He did. Look at you. Then two <laughs> Russian movies. <laughs> yeah, he played uh, the Hunt for Red October. He was. Uh, the, that's a baller ass film. It's a good movie. It's a good film. Um, first Jack Ryan movie. That's right. Um, Alec Baldwin, one of his. Many attempts at a franchise, it didn't work. And it's out. it's weird, like when you think of Alec Baldwin now, and like you go watch that, it's like that's a different person that's in that movie. They really wanted him to be a franchise guy. Like they, yeah. they, the Shadow was supposed to be like another franchise thing for him. Yeah. But it just didn't work out. It, yeah, he, the Shadow knew. <laughs> I never saw the Russia House with Michelle Pfeiffer. Nor did most people. Uh, it seems like something I should have seen. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. And then Highlander Two. He's not in Which that very much. Which is one of the much. worst films ever made. Yeah. From what? Yeah, it's it's not a good movie. For a long time, I had never seen any of the Highlander movies. So about five or six years ago, I like I rented them all and I watched them all in order. And the first one is amazing. Obviously. None of them seem like they fit with the others. No. So he does show. And then they had the TV series. Well, I mean, oh, End, yeah. Endgame's the closest the, one. The best, yeah. The, well, I was gonna say the which is the what's the one where it's like the crossover with the TV series. That's, high, that's Endgame. Endgame. That one was the the best sequel, by far. Because it was almost like a movie version of the TV show. Yeah. So uh, he did show up at the end of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, she did. Which which was epic. It was, it was. epic. And, and then saying that in, in his younger days he played Robin Hood, I'm wondering if that was kind of like an Easter egg. And then there was the Medicine Man. Yeah, I uh, I kind of remember seeing Medicine Man, but... I remember the trailer. I don't really not remember enough to I remember that awesome poster with him with that shirt unbuttoned in his ponytail. That's correct. Yeah. Then there was Rising Sun. I loved Rising Sun. Rising Sun. Oh, he, he played John Connor. That's right. Oh, or did he play Jakana? No, it wasn't him. <laughs> um, I do remember Just Cause. Not that I saw it. I remember uh, Just Cause the, the movie the theater box? for a long time. That was when I started working at the theater in 95. So Just Cause and then the same year, First Night. Great film. Seriously? We named it Camelot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, I mean, Richard Gere, you know, eh. I just like I told you last. I have an affinity for that movie. Do you really? I, I just I it's a it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Mm-hmm. What I is mean, it? What is it? Mean, people like fighting over Julie Ormond. I know. Like she always causes trouble between two dudes. She seems like a lovely woman. But and then I you mean, throw in Ben Cross. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, and then we could make a funny joke from Indiana Jones, where you know Harrison Ford. You know, I mean, I was the next man. That's right, Sabrina. And then. All right, Greg. Here's the last one, Dragonheart. Your favorite movie of all time. It, well, I mean, it did win the, the Academy Award for Best Movie Ever Made. <laughs> no, that was very tough. Highlander won that. It was Highlander. No, I, I think they, they meant to say Dragonheart. I thought the thing about... Dennis Quaid is in there, right? Yeah. I thought and David Foolish. Yeah, I thought it was kind of odd that Connery was voicing that dragon. I legitimately... That's, that's why I think it's so interesting. That's why, like, again, I don't necessarily like the movie. I just think it's hilarious that they were like... Hey, Connery, would you voice this drag? He's like, sure, why not? <laughs> I am the last one. <laughs> it's an interesting film. Could you imagine him as Smaug in uh, in The Hobbit? No, I think that would totally take away from the film. Yeah, take my gold. <laughs> you little dwarfsh. I'll let you guys talk about The Rock. Oh. You're, it's, it's, you're one of, it's, it's one of the very few good Michael Bay movies. I'm not a fan. Losers always whine about their best. And, and Glenn, Glenn hates Michael Bay, but you like The Rock. Yeah, you? The Rock's oh, good. I love The Rock. In the Criterion Collection version of it. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, there were so many... I mean, he's just... It's, it was such an interesting idea where he's basically playing an old James Bond. And, and um, I, I always find it funny that, like... I don't know, Nicolas Cage is always in these action movies, but it's always just seems silly that Nicolas Cage is, like, the action hero. And in this, he wasn't the action hero. He was the scientist. And Sean Connery was the action hero, which I thought was a good little twist on it. He didn't know what the hell he was but doing. But, I mean, he... Uh, but, yeah, Sean Connery just had such a, a presence in this movie yeah. where, like, you're right. I mean, there was all these, you know, badass mercenaries and, you know, Ed Harris screaming and... You know, Michael Bean and Sean Connery just had, had this look where, like, you know, he just knew that he could take them all out kind of thing just because he's this old James Bond that's been captured for all these years. David Moore said that really just, like, stoic character that he's always good at playing. That's just kind of right. silent but awesome. The Candyman was one of the bad guys. I've gone through my, yeah. my, my list yeah. of grievances with this film. It's just not, not worth... They had that, awesome, they had that really cool car chase through the... Through San Francisco, where Sean like. Connery is on that. I'm the only boring your Humvee. <laughs> that's that's one of the things I didn't like. I felt like it was like slowing the film down. I was like, let's let's get to the the, the rock. Why are yeah. we having a pointless car chase? But well, you know, let's let's stay positive, and then we're going to move on to the original Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Bad movie. Oh, Please man, let's stay positive. Movie. I mean, that, that was a, a pretty big deal. And pl- oh, out. playing by heart. So yeah, I guess it wasn't that good. What the Avengers? Oh, the Avengers? Yeah. Oh, it was. It was not good at all. It was. It was, it was, it was not good. I mean, it, I will say it had a really good trailer. Yeah. Yeah. One and then when I... we went and saw it, Sean Connery's in a big pink bear suit, and oh, they had those weird scenes with Uma Thurman where you couldn't tell if she was walking upstairs or downstairs, and the whole thing kind of turned into an acid trip. <laughs> so then he did Entrapment, which I didn't realize. Well, you skipped over Play by Heart. I don't. I never heard of that. That was an ensemble Bar. cast movie. It had a uh, yeah. Ba- Angelina, was Angelina Jolie. Yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of like a for, I, I would almost say like a, a a proto version of like Love Actually or or the, the Valentine's Day movies and things like that. It was an ensemble cast that I never heard of it. It seemed like individual separate stories that all kind of converged. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'll have to. Jillian Anderson was in it. Yeah. Uh, I'm have to check it out. I've never heard of it. Um, yeah. But then after that, uh, in '99, he did Entrapment. With uh, Zeta Jones, I really enjoyed that film. I did too, a lot. I, I like that one too. And then, that's what cops do to thieves. <laughs> and then uh, I know this is one of John's favorites. He did Finding Force. You're right? the man now, dog. It's not one of my favorites. I just I enjoyed the I movie. I really liked it. I did really like it. Um, I thought him and the uh, the kid in it, who was um, he wasn't even an actor, right? When at that did, point, he no, wasn't. He, 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 he was in he was in Treme after that. That's right. Yeah. Um, he was but jumping yeah. and having fun. <laughs> he was. <laughs> And then the the final one we have there is is, is it the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? That's a yeah. guilty pleasure for me. I, I, it's a fun. It's movie. a fun movie. Yeah, I know a lot of people. I just it. love. I know. I just love the whole story where he turned down the Matrix because he could. He didn't understand the script, and it made a bunch of money. 
And then he turned down Lord of the Rings because he didn't understand the script and it made a bunch of money. So he said, well, the next time I don't understand the script, I'm just going to accept it. And it was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> and then he didn't act again. <laughs> so, yeah. The life but, of a man. How do you sum it up? He was a dragon. He was the last one. He was Bond. He wasn't a fucking dragon. He was the dragon. Um, <laughs> he was a spy. And now... A spy, a dragon. And now it is time to nominate this week's awesome villager. Gentlemen, who are your nominees and why? I'm going to nominate Gillian Anderson. Um, her transformation into Margaret Thatcher is nothing short of remarkable in the crowd. I mean, I never watched the X-Files TV show, but I love the X-Files movies. And, uh, yeah, her screaming for Scully and Mulder. Um, I, I think she's great. I've always found her to be very good. Um, I always I remember she was almost cast to be... Uh, and uh, to to take over for Jodie Foster and uh, Hannibal, and they went with Julianne Moore. Oh, and Hannibal. Yeah, and I always thought Julianne would have been really good in that role, and she's also really good in that that British show with uh, Sex Education. Yeah, she's really no, good. No, not that. that. I heard that was good. But the oh, one, was it The Fall? The Fall with uh, Jamie Dornan. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing in that. Sex season. Education is really good too. It's really yeah, funny. I know you yeah. talked about that before. I, I need to get to that. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, I need to get to that. Um, I'm going to nominate Katie Sackhoff. Um, while I didn't see The Mandalorian, I saw the pictures that they that she was posting and everybody else was posting. And I just think, like, for someone like her, when I first saw her in Battlestar Galactica, to completely change people's mind about that character being gender-swapped and her career has been kind of interesting. She just seems to enjoy whatever she does. And uh, for her to voice this character and then come back on The Mandalorian, I'm like, uh, yeah, she's kind of amazing. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, yeah, very good. I'm going to nominate Charles Dance, um, who's, I mean, done a ton of great things. But uh, he's he just had, the, he was in the, the uh, big part of this first episode of the new season of The Crown, and he plays um, Lord Mountbatten, who's um, kind of a surrogate father to Prince Philip, and beca- then became like a surrogate father to Prince Charles. And he had some very good scenes with, uh, with Prince Charles, good like emotional stuff. And I mean Charles Dance. They had a lot of good scenes in the last season. In the last season as well, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's always kind of a he always kind of commands the screen when he's on. He was great in Alien Three. <laughs> Alien Three. He, you know, you like. I, I know. I'm, I'm no, being no, serious. He was. He was, he he was, was great. Amazing in that. And uh, hey, he was phenomenal in Last Action. Absolutely, he Benedict. And I mean, he, he was phenomenal in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Tywin yeah. Lannister. I can't imagine it being played by anybody else. No. I first took notice of him in Alien Three. I thought his performance yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Got to catch the red eye. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to nominate Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, so she directed, yeah, she she directed the last episode of um, of Mandalorian, um, and she also in the first season directed that really cool one with the um, the little village with the, the ATSC. But yeah. um, you know, kind of following her father's footsteps. But I mean, if you just go through her acting resume, I mean, she's I thought she kind of stole every scene she was in in Rocket Man, and she was really good in, uh, in the Helter in the Jurassic World movies. And um, but I mean, her for some reason when to, you when you just said Rocket Man, for some reason I was just thinking of what was the, what was the old movie that was called Rocket Man, not about Elton John with the oh with, with Harlan, Harlan, Harlan Williams. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, was yeah, like no. I was like, she was good she in that movie. No, but, no, no. The, yeah, the, El- the El- Elton John one. I forgot she was even in that. She was excellent in that. She was really good in the help too. I yeah, yeah. Villain, but um, but at, like these two episodes of The Mandalorian really shows that she's you know um, following in her, her dad's footsteps because she they were directed damn near perfectly. Yeah. So um, that's so I'm gonna go with her. I saw there was a there was a a lot of people online like petitioning that she she get a Star Wars movie because I think she I, I, I think I, she'd do a I great would, job. She would. Yeah. And I kind of liked how she actually on Twitter confirmed that there was an Easter egg in this episode that was a shot-for-shot recreation of a scene from Apollo 13 that her dad directed. But, um... Nice. Yeah. If I had to choose somebody else, I would I would choose Bryce Ellis Howard. I would choose John's guy. Charles Dance? Yeah, him. Okay. And I would choose Bryce Dallas Howard because she's pretty and I have a crush on her. So there you go. Yeah. Glenn. Anderson, because I've heard Scully. 
I think he said he was picking Jillian Anderson. He did. Yep. You cut out for a second, but we got you. So Jillian Anderson. Oh, so yeah. that, I said Jillian Anderson because <clears throat> I love Scully. So that means Bryce Dallas Howard. This is her second win. Good. She needs to get the hat trick. And she actually needs to come and hang out with us. Like, that's just, that needs to happen. So if you're listening now, B- BDH, uh, can I call you BDH? Come over She's here. She's been Austin Village twice. You can call her BDH. All right. Yeah. You should you should bring yourself over here and, and sit with us. We'll, we'll make sure you have your own party nachos. Um, Ryan will break out the, the bubbly for you, the, a lime bubbly. Are there other flavors? There are lots of oh, flavors, shit. but I prefer the lime. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll hang. We'll talk about stuff. So, All right. This has been another fun week. Uh, we had some some fun challenges that we've overcome. And uh, there's, a good very, there's, back. A, there's a very good chance that we'll all be present next week. That's right? the hope, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, my yeah. quarantine should be on, uh, yeah. over by then. All right, guys. Remember, there's many, many avenues to listen to us. In fact, you can go to uh, things like you know, Anchor. You can go to... Uh, to, to Apple Podcasts and even Google Podcasts or in a host of other platforms to listen to us. And anytime you do, it does help us out here at the Village. So uh, if you'd like to support us, that's the best way to do it. And leave also leave us feedback. Yeah. Give us some, uh, some insight. Why are going to give us five stars? If it's anything less, then forget about it. Yeah. Ryan's a very aggressive Uber driver is mm-hmm. basically what he is. Yeah. All right. This has been Greg. John. Glenn. And Ryan. We'll see you next week. <laughs>